thanks again so much for inviting me on your show. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to connecting with your listeners and uh, perhaps sort of introducing subject material, which is a little outside of the normal understanding of what it is, what, what consciousness is and what it is to be a conscious man and perhaps offering a fresh perspective. Certainly, I mean, I, I'm someone, I'm in my late 50s now, so uh, I can, my, my journey is, is I, my life has led me down a lot and lots of different avenues. Uh, so, you know, I've been a professional actor. I've been a teacher, an account manager for a website development company. What else? I've been a baker, a farmer. I've worked in publishing. I've worked in banks. I've worked in the government. Wow, you done it all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's 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 just the start of it. <laughs> so, that's awesome. You know, I've worked in in like um, um, high paying jobs, which were like soul destroying, and mm-hmm. I've worked in really low crap, low wage crap. What you might think crappy jobs, but which were really creative and challenging. Um, so, but you know, behind all of those things that you, you know, the kind of stuff that you do for a living and to generate an income. Uh, what's really motivated me has been my um, love of learning and mm-hmm. my like my thirst for knowledge and for understanding how the world really works. Mm. Um, so that's uh, so that the, there is a name for that sort of person, there, and it's a it's called a philomath. And, a what? Uh, a philomath. P-H-I-L-O-M-A-T-H. And, wow, I've never heard that before. A philomath. Yeah. Wow, that's it's, cool. Um, yeah, it's basically just someone who loves learning and studying and and um, uncovering all sorts of things and discovering new uh, new things that are generally not part of the collective consciousness. Um, so that, that's been my primary focus. So, you know, I've, I've never been interested in becoming an expert on anything, like a subject matter expert. Uh, you know, a lot of people devote their lives to inventing the best gizmo or, uh, you know, trying to find out how to make the most money in life or generate the most power and so on. And, you know, I could do those things. I'm, I'm intelligent enough to do those, but they, they don't speak to my soul. So I've, mm-hmm. I've, both, I've actually, I, you know, I've, uh, I prefer instead to develop like a broad understanding about life and, um, and you know, I could write scholarly papers on stuff, but I'd much prefer to keep my feet firmly on the ground, away from academia, and live with real people who are grappling with real issues, mm. everyday issues, um, and you know, people who are working to improve their um, their lives and their the lives of their family and their friends and their communities and so on. Um, so, I've spent. Uh, the last two years of my life actually focusing focusing fairly intensely on uh, writing a book and um, it's a synthesis of, of the re- my research and my thoughts that um, I've been generating throughout the course of my life and uh, it's a long book it's actually seven or eight hours of solid reading uh, which is almost like two books in one but you know it's that sort of like roadmap for for men that i think will be very helpful to them and so you know it's a long book and and the task ahead of us this morning gary is to like synthesize that seven or eight hours into 
you know, maybe an hour or whatever, hour or two, hour and a, hour and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's going to be my challenge is to like try and distill even further some of the information that I think might be useful to your listeners. Okay. Um, so if I you could so, define it, what could, what is a conscious male? Putting it simply, like if you, if someone asked you like, well, what does it mean to be a conscious male, man? How could you sum that up really quick? Uh, to sum it, well, I actually kind of need to set the premise for what a conscious male is. And that's, um, you've probably heard about the concept of true nature. The uh, what? Say that again. Uh, tr- true nature. What our true nature is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what would you is, say it is? Well, it's it, it's the foundational premise for who we are as human beings. Uh, and it's the foundational premise for the conscious man. So we kind of have to need to talk about that and understand that before we get into talking about what a conscious man is. Okay. So um, true nature is our um, original instructions, if you like. Our mm. God-given instructions. However, we, however, however you want to interpret that word God, uh, whether it's the universal source or whatever, whatever that means to you. Um, so these instructions they direct us to give our greatest gift to the world. Hmm. Um, so the question, instead of asking, so as a, as a conscious man, instead of asking the question, you know, what, what should I do with my life? Um, it's better to say, to ask the question, what is nature trying to do with me? What is hmm. life trying to do with me? Mm-hmm. And looking at it from that perspective and actually, um, well, in the book, I use uh, an analogy. So there, there exists within us like this intrinsic aspect. So just like um, the image of an oak tree is intrinsic to the acorn, you know, inside that acorn, there is an intrinsic image of an oak tree waiting to be realized, to be materialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have that in our bodies as well. We, we start out in life on a path to realizing what's actually encoded in our beingness. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we may go uh, along certain rabbit holes or dead ends or lose our way. And, um, but at the very start, this is our true nature. This is what we were placed on this earth to do from the time that we are born. And, and our journey may confuse us. It could, because we're trained to, um, ignore and repress hard truths, and um, and then we get then they become harder and harder to see. So we have a lot of programming which we receive from our parents, from society, and that confuses us to what our true nature really is. So um, so the, the the point is to organize your life so that the fullest expression of your true nature becomes your number one priority. Mm. And a man's purpose in life, I believe, is to put into practice the uh, potential that he's developed or is developing based firmly on the truth of his nature and his core principles. Um, So we're actually, so we've received all this programming since day one, since the day we were born. And uh, we have to make our way back to our true nature. And our, our journey is as a conscious man is one that reveals to ourselves everything that we've become, that we are not, that we've been told who we are, but that's not who we are. You know, we've been given these messages 
and uh, they've distracted us from um, who we are at our core. And part of life's journey is to rediscover who we are uh, at the most basic level. Mm. Like, what is it inside you that's burning to get out? You know, yeah. that's trying to be born by you, so that you um, you kind of need to feel inside yourself at a very knowing level as to what it is you really want. And that's your soul talking to you. Hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to honor yourself, honor that aspect of yourself by knowing what it is you really want so that you can come alive. And I guess, well, I mean, like, the meaning of life, if you like, is to fulfill our potential. That, that's, that's something I, I, rem- I remember listening. That was on uh, something you were talking about, Gary, recently in one of your personal uh, videos, and I mm-hmm. so resonate with that, is to, is to realize our potential as human beings. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> life, life is actually seeking, that's what life is seeking, is seeking to fulfill the pattern, Purpose. Yeah. The pattern of our nature. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's the kind of the premise for what the conscious man needs to recognize and realize. Um, and uh, so I guess we should actually sort of, first of all, maybe talk about what an unconscious man is. Mm, yes. Um, so like I said, you know, from the time we're born, we're, we're fed misinformation or we're programmed uh, or um, given cultural narratives yep. uh, or, or narratives from our parents. And, you know, they got those narratives from their parents and they're passing it on because that's what they learn. Uh, so we, at a very early age, because we're so helpless, because we're kids, we, we hand over our well-being to others. We hand over our well-being to our parents because we have no choice. You know, we're helpless in this world. And even though we can experience life consciously, uh, we're actually largely predisposed to receiving all these scripts and uh, narratives, both internal and external, you know, yeah. we, we, we can spin ourselves a, a good story. I'm sure everybody has. Hmm. And we suddenly realize later in life, well, how the hell did I manage to mislead myself so effectively? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of waking up. You know, that's when you suddenly realize, well, oh my God, I was unconscious. Now I'm conscious. Now I actually see that I, uh, had this way of believing something and it turned out to be completely erroneous and now now i can see it much more clearly yeah and that's part of the path which is to, so unconsciousness is to be operating from a place of automation mm. um, and those those people who are unconscious as individuals and remain unconscious you know there, there are lots of people who remain unconscious and they they're the people who are just not questioning their programming. Mm, um, that's good. Questioning the programming. You know, they're going along with, yeah, yeah. They're, they, they're basically going along with the flow of information that's being fed to them. Yeah. Um, and, and also, not, so it's an ongoing thing. You know, we're being fed information from without, but we also have our own internal workings as well, which may be misleading us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's as above, so below. Um, yeah. There's stuff within us that we need to look at, and there's also stuff without us that we need to look at. So mm-hmm. anyway, 
that, that's essentially what unconscious is. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung, the, the Swiss psychologist, and he talked about, um, he, he gave, the, the name for this he gave was Mass Man, M-A-S-S, Mass Man, which is, you know, that that's the people in the Matrix, basically, who, who mm-hmm. don't know they're in the Matrix. That's mm-hmm. Mass um, people who are just going along with life and, and just living their lives as fairly, um, as robots, essentially. It's the bots. It's yeah. the bots. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so to be a conscious man um, is to have free will and to be capable of, of having our own thoughts mm. rather than the thoughts that have been um, internalized uh, previously from uh, others, you know, our parents, our society, our schools, our, our newsfeed, or whatever. Um, so, part of our journey involves asking ourselves, "Well, um, what is my programming? What mm. are the distortions in that I carry inside me? What are the illusions that I'm holding on to, and the and the illusions that are holding me hostage?" Um, and yeah. so part of the journey is investigating our belief systems and the limiting ideas about ourselves and our thoughts. Um, and we get in touch with the, uh, the actual, the, the process of our thinking. How do we think? Hmm. You know, obviously we think, but how do we think? Yeah. Where's what, it what, are the, what are the mechanisms of our thinking? Mm-hmm. And finding is we have to f- figure out actually how to find ways to uh, catch ourselves from buying into false narratives mm. and uh, transcending our unconsciousness uh, and our biases and our ignorance. Um, so this is actually, if you want to look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's, it's the cultivation of the soul. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a form of self-cultivation, self-authorship. Yeah, creating the soul itself. It's exactly, like yeah, we are embodying it, like the spirit, the true spirit of ourselves. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes, we're cultivating, and the more, the more aware that we are, the more our consciousness increases, and mm-hmm. the more things make sense to us, and the better decisions that we make, and the more aligned with ourselves we become, we become aligned with what is rather than you know, what, what is, what is an illusion? Yeah. Uh, so we become less delusional, become less confused. And, um, so, you know, I, I actually, I love the unconscious aspects of myself. It's a playground. <laughs> I get to play with my unconscious and, you know, there are, there are things which, um, you know, you're going on in life and say, someone says something that upsets you. Um, you know, we, we have this, the modern word for it is being triggered. <laughs> yeah. You have these emotional disturbances and, and they just like pop into existence out of nowhere, even out of proportion to what the stimulus is. You know, mm-hmm. they're very powerful and they, and we go, well, wow, I really responded, uh, in, in so out of proportion to what the other person was presenting to me. They were a catalyst for, for what was for, for the, this experience I'm having in my body, you know, they weren't the, a culprit, they're a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And so that, that for me anyway, I, I, I love those moments because it shows me that I've been acting unconsciously. 
Yeah, that, right. that there are aspects of me that remain hidden from me. And it gives me the opportunity to like become my own private investigator of my soul. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a private investigator of my own experience. Mm. So that's why I think it's important to ask myself about the processes that influence the way I make sense of the world, the way I make sense of myself. How does my mind actually work? How, by what processes do I form beliefs and make decisions and reason and think and love and feel and know? Mm. Uh, so, the, so you know, you can look at this from a very um, three-dimensional perspective and you can look at it from a very um, spiritual perspective. Uh, my, my position is actually... Again, it's so, as above, so below. We can't just ignore one in favor of the other. Mm-hmm. You see, most spiritually minded people focus just on the inward expansions of their consciousness. Uh, yet the, the outward expansion also exists. It's on the same continuum. Yeah. Um, and both are of equal importance and both are vital in one's journey. Yin and Yang. And, yeah, exactly. But, you know... Uh, a lot of people have an unbalanced approach mm. um, and so too much yin too much yang exactly yeah mm-hmm. so my, my perspective is that it's for conscious men um we have to um, realize how civilization has shaped us and enslaved our minds and our productive capacities mm-hmm. uh, and how the powerful have rigged our lives uh, to predispose us to like mental confusion and mental illness yeah. at the personal level and also tyranny at the social societal level. Mm-hmm. That's as, in, as important as going within and doing your own exploration. Yeah, exactly. And uh, It all relates. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the same continuum. Uh, hmm. So, you know, questioning our own perspectives, uh, it's 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 hard work. This is shadow work, because uh, mm-hmm. it bumps you up against stuff which it, it's it's ego work. It bumps you up stuff that your ego wants you to wants to remain hidden. Uh, yeah, and it brings you into into touch with the resistances that you carry, um, either resistances about yourself or um, of perceiving ourselves. Or of having others perceive us as being like wrong, bad, or shameful, mm-hmm. and um, we we can either believe that about ourselves that we are wrong, or bad, or shameful, or we have uh, we believe others think that we're wrong, or bad, or shameful. And you know, part of part of uh, the new age spirituality stuff is to just focus on the positive, and I think that's that's a misstep just to have a very positive perspective and think positive thoughts. Uh, because what, what happens is that you get, um, and this is like a, a, a spiritual veneer over the top of the shame that we might carry inside us, mm-hmm. and you never get to deal with that shame. Mm-hmm. And it, it needs to come out. And because, yeah. you know, the, the anger and the fear and the shame and the sense of being a bad person, is considered vibrationally low and nothing we should aspire to and nothing we want to inhabit our being. Um, a lot of spiritual people suppress it and deny it and disown it. And 
it doesn't go away. It's still there. Yeah. And it just means that, you know, you, you've just ignored it and you're not dealing with it. So we hold, our ego wants us, it's so, so it's very comfortable for the ego to buy into the concept of positive spirituality and yeah. ignoring, ignoring who we are because we're, we're animals as well. We're humans, but we're animals. Mm-hmm. And we have an animal perspective as well as spiritual perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I think the most spiritual thing is recognizing all aspects of our being, not just the the woo woo metaphysical aspect of anything is possible, manifestation and you know the the meta you know the part that's kind of behind the scenes. And yeah. but also recognizing our nature, like you said, as animals, as the, yeah. the material world and and playing the game in the material world, yet also staying on the recognition of that I am greater than that. My being extends greater than that. But we yeah. well, either way, we have to be in this world and live in this world. Yeah. I mean, we weren't incarnated as angels. We were incarnated as human beings. So yeah. what does that mean? What does that mean? Why, why are we incarnated specifically as human beings and not some other life force? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we... We have, again, it's going back to our true nature. We, we have a particular perspective as a human animal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a spiritual uh, essence walking around in human form. So yeah, it's pretty why interesting, should, actually. Wh- wh- why are we rushing to get away from being human yeah. in, in favor of the divine? Mm-hmm. It's, exactly. It's, uh, you know... Um, we're here to learn how to be human as well, not just how to be divine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think it's like being human and staying divine as well, because a lot of a lot of people Actually. don't know that divinity is in there, and we're just yeah. stuck in the human game. But once yeah. you recognize that other side, that other aspect of our being, you can, at least for me, I like work from there and act from there and stay aligned on that frequency and stay aligned on that on that, whatever that is, the flow, you know what I'm saying? The Tao of life, like you said, our true nature, recognizing yeah. all aspects of that, all aspects of that. And then from there proceeding to play the show of the human game in the character of Gary Haskins. There you go. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's the essence, but you have to find it first. Right. You know, that's, that's the thing is finding out the true nature. Exactly. And that's different for everybody. Like how would you, how do you stay aligned with your true nature? Would you say? Uh, not getting lost in the sauce, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, um, well, I guess, you know, it's kind of, well, I, I talk about it in terms of, um, my superpower. And, uh, so my superpower is that I know the truth when I hear it. Okay. Uh, the thing oh. is, this is, this is not just my superpower, but it's everybody's superpower. Yeah, everybody knows knows the truth when they hear it, but it has to be cultivated and protected from being corrupted. Mm, yeah, by by society and by our programming. Um, so you know, contrary to popular belief, we're all capable of sensing the truth as like a visceral felt experience. Mm. And um, you know, Mother Nature has made us all living, breathing lie detectors. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, like. You, you know when something um, meets the metric of truth, when it resonates so powerfully and with such clarity within your body, within yeah. your organism. 
you know, some people talk about it in terms of experience truth chills. For me, when I hear the truth, I'm like, I'm like nodding my head vigorously going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I really, that, that, that's so powerful for me right now. Yeah. Um, your body literally resonates with truth. Yeah. But, you know, there's a flip side of that as well because um, we, we're human beings. We're here to, it, it cultivating our minds and our brains is as important as cultivating our spirits. Let's not forget about that. And cultivating one's intellect uh, is absolutely critical. It's, it's, it's the ability to learn and reason as well as the capacity for knowledge and understanding and to catch your mind and question your thoughts be before they take you down a dead end. And it's also to challenge those beliefs. It's, it's, um, it's uh, checks and balances, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, there are plenty of examples of people, myself included, who, you know, we believe wholeheartedly in something only later to have been proven wrong. You know, um, people who are all heart and no head. Mm. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's just as impractical, impractical as people with all head and no heart. Yes, yeah, the balance, man. It's all about the it's balance. It's the balance, exactly. There's nuance. There's nuance between, between sensing the truth intuitively with the truth of our nature. And it has to be in balance with using cold, clear calculation. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's good, man. Um, so I, I do that by constantly and intentionally challenging my thinking. By mm. uh, I, I do a lot of researching and reading and reviewing stuff from all over the inf informational map. Um, I digest as much as possible from as wide and array of rock solid sources as I can, and I pick and I choose the, only the ones that make the most sense to me, and then I synthesize it all into something coherent. Um, and at the same time, I fully acknowledge that I'm imperfect. I, I will never be able to fully understand anything and everything. So all I can do is just embrace a growth mindset. Um, you know, I, I, I can't have an encyclopedic brain much as I would love to have one. Wouldn't that be great? You know, <laughs> that's why, you know, the internet and the world of books is available to us. The, the internet is my exo brain. Ooh, exo brain. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause we can, yeah, it's like we can dive in there if we want. Yeah. You know, but you don't, it's an extension of our being. You don't need to carry it inside you. It's 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 a tool that's available for you to use if you need it. Yeah. Um, but you know, just imagine how effective we will be as human beings if we could actually carry the world's knowledge and wisdom inside us at, all at once. That'd be intense. It would be intense, yeah. But we can't because we're in human form. Yeah. It's actually probably good that we don't have that. Many different <laughs> beings. <laughs> that'd, yeah, that'd be crazy. You know, I try to. I try to do that. That's part of my <laughs> part of my journey is to um, as fully internalize as much good information as possible. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Continually grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stay open minded as well. I think that's huge. Like being able to just not stay too rigid in any idea that I hold to be part of my identity. You right. Know? Like right. just be able to like be wrong essentially. Like oh, just admit. You know, maybe I was wrong, 
and be able to, like you said, just stay aligned to that truth, like know where truth lies. Yeah. And that also like, you know, I think it's the, the other aspect of the coin is like being able to recognize truth is also being able to recognize when you were wrong, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Just staying on like, uh, it's not attaching yourself to any paradigm that was most likely, uh, outlined for you. That's how exactly. I see it. So being able to just stay like, I, I'll admit right now, I'll say, I, I'm not like this. I'm probably wrong about a lot of things that I hold in my being currently that I believe to be true, but I recognize that maybe one day I won't and I'll be a completely different person and I'll completely exactly. think completely differently. But at this point, you know, I hold certain truths to be self-evident within myself and they might just be um, not a truth. <laughs> it yeah. might just be yeah. a truth that I just think is something. But like, as long as I stay open-minded, I think that is the truth. Like that's the underlying truth behind all these things that my ego thinks is some kind of, uh, you know, that I hold part of my identity. But the whole, the the meat of it is really just, as long as I am able to not get lost too much in one certain paradigm that has been built up for me and can stay in that fluid sense of mind i think that is for me that's the truth right you know? yeah yeah you know it, in the book i i um talk about how it's it's so easy to become attached to a particular viewpoint yeah a particular really idea um to a, a particular mental map of seeing the world yeah. Um, and the same is true for people in the spiritual community as well. You know, we, we have things that we believe are unalterably true. Um, so, you know, it's better to hold um, a particular truth, which is fine, but then try to continuously challenge and change it with better information. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, that's the, the, the word for that is uh, proto-truth. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. so a proto-truth is essentially, the, it, it's the best working model of reality currently available. What does proto mean, do you know? It's, yeah, it's um, like prototype. Oh, so it's like the before. It's like we're still building the yeah. truth. The truth exactly. is not yet finished, man. We are writing the truth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And ev everything is a proto-truth, but some, like some prototypes are better than others. You know, you can build a prototype which just fails at the first try. Mm -hmm. And you can develop like hundreds of prototypes and you get something incredible, but it, they're still prototypes. Yeah. Um, so, so they're, they're the prototypes are, the, are the, the best working models of reality without which we can't even take a step forward because if we don't have anything to work with. How do we even take a step forward? We have to have some idea of where the truth lies. Mm -hmm. And then we have to test that truth. Yeah, it's um, like science. Yeah. It's science so, within ourselves. It's like a science of the soul. And it's non-egoic as well. It means that, you know, you're not so attached to your own truth that you dismiss other people's ideas out of hand. Because, you know, most of the time, um, we're slightly wrong and they're slightly wrong about what they believe. And, you know, we just have to make sense of some sort of like temporary confusion. Um, figure it out, await new information, or else not find an answer and simply rest in some sort of paradox. Um, so the key is the, 
you know, th th this actually helps us live together as better human beings as well, because um, a lot of, or the, I should say that the key is neither to absolutely reject someone's entire train of thought uh, or absolutely accept it, but mm -hmm. to look, look for those partial truths across yeah. many, many different propositions um, from the spiritual to the secular, from conservative to liberal to, um, you know, just across all different parameters and just find out where the truth lies. It, this is what being a free thinker is. You, you're not pegged by a certain label. Um, you know, I talk about um, looking from everything, like from, from, from the far up, the far down, the far left, the far right, and ignoring all of that and just seeing where does the truth lie? Just don't, don't, don't try and fit yourself into some sort of paradigm, but just ask yourself, where does the truth lie? Mm. And then test it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a never ending process. I think, I think life is yeah. just, that's what we're, we're trying to, we're all trying to find the truth. Yeah. yeah. Life, life is just this deep analytical puzzle that we have to try and make sense of. Yeah. Uh, you know, waking up is easy. Waking up is simple. Uh, it, it's, 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 clear but growing up is difficult man mm, growing cool. up that's yeah. really difficult <laughs> yeah it's not meant to be easy uh, but you know growing up and waking up are both essential uh in the book i largely focus on growing up which is like developing one's character and the way you understand and meet the world um and i touch on waking up a bit in in the, the chapter I have on unity consciousness, but it's so important to focus on both and not just focus on one. I mean, many people think that certainly in the spiritual community, you know, life is just a dream and, you know, that, that kind of gives them a, an excuse not to engage with life because it's not, it's just an illusion. Mm. So, you know, why should I actually try and improve myself? <laughs> yeah. I'll just focus on becoming more spiritual or, or you know, yeah, but that's like that's you're missing the point. Exactly. When, when you get to that, it's like, well, yeah, it's it is an illusion, it is a dream, but it's also like you're still in it. You're still <laughs> like you still have to. We still have to play our parts here. Right, just because right. like just because you come to that realization doesn't mean you just sit in bed all day and just you know smoke weed or something. It's like yeah, yeah. If anything, it actually knowing that other aspect and knowing that this is all some kind of play, dream, game, whatever you want to call it, puzzle. That gives me more uh, ambition. That gives me more um, just fire in my soul to want to act out this play dream character thing. You know, like, right. I don't know. I, 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 there was one point where then this on my spiritual journey where I was kind of like uh, reached a point of apathy of just like, oh, nothing ever matters. It's just kind of we're all just here for no reason, just caught in this crazy ass universe. Like it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to be a human being. But then I was like, wait, no. I took the other side of the coin. It was like, you know, it is, there are those aspects of the world where, um, you know, this, the universe is just so big and our life is just like this very short uh, time to experience what it means to be a conscious being in this matrix, right? And yeah. that, that can seem daunting and scary and make you not want to do anything. But for me, I turn it the other way and I'm like, well, if I'm here now in this temporary existence, I'm going to live it up while I can, man. I'm going to like do whatever I can to make this dream 
the greatest dream of all time, you know, <laughs> to make this the greatest show yeah. of all time. And why not? Like, why, why not? Why would I just sit here and waste this opportunity that might be the only opportunity to be a human being? I'm going to, I'm going to play the show. I'm going to play the act. You know what I mean? But that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean I get, I'm going to play my own act and cultivate my own truth within myself. I don't get lost in the act of that. The, the outside world tells me to play, you know, that's the thing is like finding out what character to play in this yeah. life. Wh yeah. Who do you really want to be? Who do you want to play? Not anybody else. Who do you really <laughs> want to play in this movie of life? Um, you have to write the script. We're all writing the truth. Like we said, uh, and it's up to everybody to find out what their truth is. You know? Right, right. Yeah, we, we do. We have to write that script. I mean, there's only one character that you can play. Yeah. And, and that is that is you. Because yeah, if, if you want to be happy and peaceful, yeah, you have to. <laughs> Unless you want to be living a lie, then, you mm -hmm. know, that, if you want to live someone else's life, uh, you know, I was a professional actor for, for many, many years. And, um, you know, it was my job to live other people's lives. Um but I could only do that by being authentically me. Yeah. You know, by, by knowing... Did you make movies or did you do uh, plays? I did all, all, all sorts of things. I did movies and, and uh, TV and oh. mostly stage work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually, the thing that I loved the most was working with kids. I used to do drama workshops for kids. That's and, awesome. Um, children's theater, I performed in schools. So, um and uh, I edited up one day. I've actually performed for 40,000 kids all in all. <laughs> so, you know, when you go to, when you go into a high school and, and they all come into the, 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 um, the gym and, and uh, or, or the, the assembly area, you know, you can see how many hundreds of kids are out there. And, uh, you know, part of the blessing that life has given me is to know that I've, I've touched the lives in, in a small way of 40,000 children yeah, you know, by bring, bringing them the gift of theater and mm -hmm. drama. You know? mm. Well, what do you think? Um, what is it about acting in drama for other people? Like, what is it in you that you like that brings out in other people? Like, what, why do you like being the person? Because, all right, so most people wouldn't want to be in front of 40,000 kids, right? They would be like, oh, my God, that, that is insanely scary. So what is it about you that says, no, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is why I want, I want to be here and, and put on a show for everybody. It's actually a very safe place to be is in front of a big audience when you're an actor. Um, being a public speaker is very, very different. So, you know, like we're doing now, I, essentially, I'm in the role of a public speaker. You have me here as, as some sort of an authority on the work that I've written. And that's actually um, more difficult for me than being an actor. You see, mm -hmm. when, when you're being an actor, um, you're not subject to being challenged by the audience. They might, they might boo you. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's unlikely. But you're there to bring, um, bring them joy and uh, information about the nature of the human organism, uh, what it is to be a human being in the form of um, different sorts of personalities and characters. Um, and you have a script, you know, you've, you've internalized and learned a script uh, that the playwright wrote for you or the uh, screenwriter. And um, it's very safe because you have these words and all you have to do is match the words 
to um, your own true nature, to, to what's true for you in your organism, and then express that through words and movement. Uh, and that's, that's a very comforting, I find that a very comforting thing to do. Mm. Um, I, I actually uh, specialized in um, non-human characters a lot of the time as well. So non-human? Non-human, so animals and elemental forces, mm. which you'll find a lot in, in children's theater. It's very, very creative, very, very sort of non-linear. And uh, so it actually is very freeing to not be a human being, to, <laughs> to exist in the form of, say, for instance, a crow, mm. um, and to, to inhabit the mind and the movements of a crow. Yeah, and the energy of a crow. Exactly, yeah. Uh, that's something which, you know, normally you're human, we don't do that in life. You and I don't do it, wouldn't, not, normally wouldn't do that. We just get out of bed and do normal human stuff throughout the course of the day. And That's what you think. Sleep. I'm running around my house like an animal. <laughs> I'm flying around like an eagle. <laughs> Just as long as it's not a headless chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't do it. Maybe some days, but you're right. not, not today. <laughs> anyway, it's good, it's good to explore those other states of consciousness, you know, the, the non-human states of consciousness, because then that can inform you about, it gives you a perspective, because in a world of, of uh, dualities, we, we know ourselves by that which we are not. Mm. So it's good to know ourselves uh, by, by having explored what it's like not to be a human, but to be some other creature. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're stepping outside of the, your mind, essentially. You're stepping outside of that, like we said, that, that paradigm, the matrix that was, that was uh, you know, built for us. And you're just like literally, I think it's just really being able to look at what you are in this meat suit as, as from a different point of view because I, I don't think i'm not judging here but i don't think a lot of people are able to do that or at least know they're able to do that to be able to step outside your narrative that you've been conditioned into and then step inside the narrative of something else maybe a crow you know yeah. maybe it's another character like a, another human being just yeah. being able to just just destroy the ego, essentially destroy yes. the, yeah. the the paradigm, and then uh, you know see see your life in a different light. And right. Uh, right. yeah, from there you further your own paradigm. So yeah, that's pretty interesting, man. I never really thought about that with uh, acting. I see this as a form of acting, like this whole podcast is acting, but it's like improv, you know? Right. Because like you right. said, it, when you perform in front of people. It's a one-sided performance, and the the audience can't really get involved unless you're doing like comedy or something, maybe. Yeah. But like when you with with this whole thing, it's like we have to both be, uh, <clears throat> in a way like. There's not there is I guess we could follow some kind of script, but not really because I could switch it up or you could say something that I wasn't expecting you to do. So it's in a way, it is it's still theater and show. It's just not really like a like a play. It's like an improv play that we play with each other on yes. this on this thing that's why i like it i don't know i think it's fun just talking to people well the, the similarity between the sort of thing we're doing now and, and traditional performance you know as an actor is um we we both have an energetic exchange um, mm -hmm. so you, you and i are conversing right now and um i i get your energy and you can get mine to a certain extent through through this medium of, of uh, this digital medium, 
mm-hmm. and in the theater there's also an energetic exchange that happens between the audience and the actors mm-hmm. uh, which informs uh, and it's synergistic it, in, it informs the actors and um, motivates them or informs them to uh, reach into themselves and deliver something they normally wouldn't do or they didn't do on the day before they won't do tomorrow and the audience as well um, get something from the actors who are who are in their own particular energetic field um, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's something that's I mean that that's one of the the, the biggest sadnesses for me about um, you know all the lockdowns and the the, the social distancing is that it's um, separated us even more so than we traditionally were. Yeah. Um, you know, the, um, the, uh, even in, even in pre pandemic times, even then our lives were already socially distanced from each other. We were just hmm. um, like roommates, just roommates in, in this house called earth. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a world that we built for ourselves that we inhabit, um, but you know the the streets of of the empty cities during lockdown were just they, it was really just a, um, a reminder of how we were living prior to that, how we socially distance ourselves from other humans and masked our inner lives from each other. Um, it had already occurred. It had already happened. That the lockdown simply formalized the fact that we had already become separated from our fellow fellow men, yeah. just well before any coordinated response to a virus. You know, we were. You know, this world has become demoralized and fragmented and dehumanized to such a great degree that it, it hurts me. It really hurts me to look at how how much potential we have as a species to be brothers and Mm. how badly a job we're doing it. Yeah. Cause we're not conscious. Yeah. Collectively, honestly, like just putting it real, like we're not at a conscious, we're not fulfilling our true, uh, what's the word? Like the pinnacle of what what it really means to be a human being. We're just, yes, we're not aligned If we imagine if we were all on the same page. We're like, all right, we're all in this together. We're all going to create a better world. You know, I know we all got faults, we all got stuff to work on, but we, we, you know, it's not hurt anybody. Let's all build this kingdom together. We're not yeah. on that. We're not conscious of that. We're just there's too much separation, like you said, literal separation and mental separation of right. how we see each other. And uh, yeah, the, a huge aspect of becoming conscious is recognizing that uh, we're all in this together. There's, yeah. you know, there's no. Like you said, we're you're my brother, you're my sister. There is no actual separation to what we are. And until we really, honestly, until we all come to that perspective on what it means to be a human being, we're not going to progress. It's just going to keep being the same games that we play with each other and staying on the same hamster wheel of unconsciousness that we've built up. And it all starts within ourselves. We all have to be first, like I, I say this in other podcasts, we first have to decondition ourselves from the mold of how we've been brought up and then once we decondition ourselves from that crazy story i don't know where it came from you know that the crazy matrix that has been built up in our heads and how we should live our life Mm. once you decondition from that then you condition yourself and to be your own conscious being 
but there's some kind of alignment that we can all attune ourselves to and what it means to be conscious. This doesn't mean like, you know, there's going to be separations and um, separate ways to express that <coughs> unitary consci consciousness, which is why we're all different human beings, but we're all expressing the same kind of frequency, that same kind of energetic uh, creative flow that we can tap into. There's something there. The truth lies in there. Like the truth has many names, but the truth is always the truth. And we can all attune ourselves to that kind of frequency. But first we have to just get rid of all the, the mess that we've built up in our being and recognize, you know, the, the shitty aspects of our, of ourself that aren't necessarily, you know, true, that aren't necessarily from within right. our own um, curation that, you know, we've built up, maybe from just other people's perspective of how they see us. And they, you know, you act a certain way in other people's perspective. So you think that's you, but it's just, there's a whole lot of things that you have to um, kind of, just see beyond and see and feel a different way to live uh but it's a like you said i think we said before it's a messy process it's a, it's a little difficult to yeah <laughs> to stay aligned on that that truth that lies within all of us but it's all possible right. and and once you find at least for me once you find that that uh frequency to live on never leaves me like it, it's always right. there for me to be able to tap into that inner truth i know that's, that sounds corny to even say it, the inner truth but it, it's not like there actually is some kind of aspect to it i just can't tell you it i just there's, there's my right. words aren't doing the justice <laughs> no, to what that great. really means no i feel you i feel you but yeah because you know what it is yeah you know you know you know yeah. the truth and once you um once you know you know you don't forget and uh okay so you, you go ahead so you, you, I mean, you and I are living in this world as loving, truthful beings. Try to be. And try to be. Yeah, try <laughs> to be. And you know, we look around us at a world which is not optimized for that expression. Yeah. And that's I, I talk about that a lot in the book. You know, we're actually homesick for a world that doesn't even exist <laughs> anymore. Mm. And. Um, you know, if you think, I, I, I go back yeah, in human history to uh, ask myself about what we were like as um, hominids um, before, before civilization sprung up. Um, you know, the conclusion is that, well, I, I, the question I ask myself is, are we made to take care of each other? Um, now, we, we used to be that way. As homonyms, we, we used to live in a state of emotional connection with each other. And then we had an upgrade in our mental software at some point, and we lost that connection. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, I wonder became, when that was. Like, when do you think that became? Like, when did, when did the fall happen? You know? Oh, my God. We could go down such a rabbit hole here. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there are authors. I mean, if, if people want to look up, I mean, I'm sure many people, many of your viewers will, will have heard of the Anunnaki. Of course. So we, we, you could actually point to that as the the um, the point at which we became divorced from our emotional connection with each other. You know that that's one. I think that's the aliens, you know, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, a, a lot of people will um, have a struggle with that. Uh, you know, I've looked into the work of Sitchin and. You know, all sorts. I mean, Michael Tellinger writes about it a lot. 
uh, Matthew LaCroix, LaCroix um, he's another YouTuber, check him out, he's really, really good. Um, anyway, so it's possible that it's that, you know, there's also Terence McKenna, his theory was that um, we had an upgrade in our uh, mental software when we started eating mushrooms. Hmm, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that that's called the stoned ape hypothesis. Um, and, you know, it actually supercharged our brains to such an extent that we um, went into hyperspace with our evolution and left behind aspects of ourselves which were more in alignment with each other. So, um, Makes sense. You know, it, it could be anything. It's difficult to tell. Uh, but I think for me anyway, the fact that, I mean, we, we, at some point, we became able to conceive of ourselves as separate from others. At some point, we did. And the ego is essentially that concept when we perceive ourselves as an I rather than, you know, as, as a we. Mm. That's mm -hmm. the ego. It's, 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 the, it's the preservation of the I. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like we had to do that. And then yeah. now we're at a point where we are recognizing the I, the ego, yep. but then we're also recognizing the greater I, which is like I see as the next step in our evolution. Well, you see, like, think, go ahead. Um, sorry to interrupt. I, I think it's actually really exciting what has happened to us, the fact that we've been on this journey. You know, we started out in a state of emotional connection with each other, and then we became emotionally disconnected. And yeah. now we're, we're heading back to unity consciousness. But we've been on a journey and learned so much about what it is like to be a fragmented species. Yeah. That um, it's going to inform us. We're, going, we're not going to be coming back to unity consciousness in a state of naivety or innocence, but um, fully, fully, see, fully inhabiting uh, um, the bigger picture sees wide level in the, the intelligence that we received at some point when our brains expanded exponentially it was such an unwieldy new tool in the hand of essentially apes we were primitive apes mm -hmm. and intelligence in the hand of apes you know who are not used to feeling its heft um it, you know, we're going to make mistakes. And we've had a little practice in its use since then, since, you know, that, that point in human history. And now we need to embrace our intelligence and use that intelligence and master it in the service of unity. Yeah. Wow. That was good, man. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself. We can't. We can't. Well, I mean, a lot of spiritual people uh, are, are very uncomfortable with the brain and the mind, um, they see it as something which uh, is from the spiritual path. And I don't see it that way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, I, I respect their opinion. Yeah, it's, it's fruitful. It's good intentions. Yeah. You just, you have to recognize, it's like the more you unrecognize your mind, the more you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Because you're not, we're never going to escape the mind and the programming. You know, it's, it's literally, like we said before, it's encoded. It's in our, like, it's in our code. We, we yeah. have code inside of our body. It's called DNA with four different, you know, uh, A, T, C, and yep. G. That's the code. And there are things that are, like, we are robots. There are things that we have to, 
um, recognize that's in our code, like recognize what things are quite literally in our being that we cannot escape. And I think right, ignoring right. that just does yourself a disservice. Like, like ignoring the mind is essentially ignoring our thing, you know, our actual, our literal programming, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a form of self-hate. You know, we, we're, we're organic human beings. We're organic organisms with a particular energetic makeup, which yeah. includes having a mind, a very, a very impressive mind. So, you know, I know that the spiritual, and you know, I can't disagree with that, especially as my purpose in life is to align myself with divine truth, which is embodied love. Now, how, the fact that the spiritual community um, also pathologizes thinking is troubling to me because, um, you know, like thinking about the past, thinking about the future, it detracts us from being fully present in the moment, which is all we have. Now, there's some truth in that, but um, there is this kind of reluctance to rely on our cognitive abilities because they might be in some way out of alignment with our heart. And I see that personally as a form of anti-intellectualism. And, you know, quite frankly, that the world needs both more heart and clearer thinking, more heart-centered relating and greater rational and logical thought. Um, you know, intelligence is a tool. It's a tool. Yes. And if it's properly ap applied, it can be of service to the heart. Um, one, mm -hmm. of the, one of the things I wrote in the book is, is um, if I remember, the mind explicates, the heart implicates. Mm. Um, you see, the world... The world is the way it is, not because of uh, tons and tons of logical ideas and intelligent thought. It's the way it is because it's it suffered a deficit of care and consideration for people and a deficit of care and consideration for planet. Um, and my contention is that it hadn't sprung from our true natures it's sprung out of the um, dominance hierarchies, uh, uh, the ruling class that, that you know, the, the, some people call them the one percenters. Uh, but essentially, you know, the people who control the vast majority of the world's um, wealth and power. Um, yeah. It's really the agenda that they've put in place that has caused the world to be the way we perceive it. It's, it's not the application of intelligent thought that has resulted yeah it's how it's been used for the world i'm sure that's not what's happened um, um it's nothing inherently bad about it they're tools but if you put them in service of a cruel world a world which is etched in wounding and domination structures then bad things are going to happen mm. yeah that's great, man. Yeah, like you said, it's how we use our mind. It's just uh, we use our mind. Don't <laughs> sorry, let our mind sorry, use sorry. us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you think it's that's also kind give, of like giving, what, uh, giving our power to other people as well. We give our power to others. Yeah, I mean, um, 
either that or you have to accept that the world as it is is a manifestation of all people on mm-hmm. in, through all time um and some people believe that i, I don't believe that I, I think that we live on um well i mean this is going to be controversial it's essentially a prison planet <laughs> yeah, that it's before. a planet built built for it's built for our enslavement as it, it, there is a war on our consciousness yeah. that we have to be that we have to fight um which means that what we see around us is not a manifestation of what we want to see in the world all the misery and the suffering and the degradations and the inhumanities is is this human beings in their true nature i, I don't think it is i don't think we brought this upon ourselves i think it was to a great degree imposed upon us imposed upon a gentle loving species yeah wow yeah we've been hijacked it seems well i mean that that's my perspective i mean others can disagree with that but um again it's i i think the the, the concept of as above so below is, is important because um you kind of need to see the big picture and not just ignore what's below your feet <laughs> yeah and you kind of have to look at how the world has been shaped in a way not to optimize the full potential of human beings coming into the fullness of their beingness mm. why is why is it so hard to be a full human being in this world it's really hard you know most yeah. people are forced to um spend their days in jobs they don't particularly like but they have to do it to earn a living to yes. pay the bills yeah and if they don't pay the bills then what do they do are they on the streets you yeah know? essentially it's like you said it's a slave planet we are we, yeah <laughs> yeah because that's what it is in order um, to be, be able to cultivate your own like you said true nature uh you have to it takes time and if you don't have time to do anything like if you don't have time to you know for any if you're just working and you have like three kids and you have you're, you know you're lost in life it's hard to like really cultivate that and really find that alignment so yeah that's true yeah. man it's like they don't want us to you know that 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 would take away the power of the ones that do have power because the, the right. when you realize your true power that you have um you can do a lot in this world but it takes time to be yeah. able to like cultivate that it really does yeah I think anybody's capable of it, no matter what situation you're exactly. in. You think you don't have time, like you think, like, oh, it's like just can't do it, man. I think we're no matter what, like, even if you do have to like work some shitty job or do something you don't want to do for a little bit, we're always capable of change and finding out what power that creative aspect and that creative power that we all hold within ourselves. But it just it's not like an overnight thing, you know. You don't just wake up tomorrow morning. And you, I'm going to be in the NBA. It's like no, you have to <laughs> you have to play the game and keep. Uh, you know, keep going along with the motions and keep playing in this show until you you put on your own show for the world, until you put on your own act and whatever whatever that may be that's different for everybody else. It could be cooking, could be writing a book, it could be um, you know, playing a sport, I guess. Uh it's anything. We're all we all have different aspects and different ways to express our own uh creativity in yeah. the name of the divine. It's just um just it's a hard process that's for sure <laughs> it is it is i mean i i you know we it's like it's like a card game you know we're, we're dealt the cards and sometimes we're dealt a crappy hand sometimes we're dealt a really good hand mm. and you know we're playing the same game though yeah 
Yep. And um, the, the point is that you have to play the hand to the best of your ability, whether it's a crappy hand or a good hand. Yeah. Um, now, if, if you look around us, I mean, there are 7 billion people on this planet. Now, billions and billions of those people live in poverty. Mm. So billions and billions of people are playing crappy hands. And that, that doesn't sit well with me because it no. means that, that those billions of people are never going to manifest the fullness of their potential anytime soon, no matter yeah. how hard they try, because they've been dealt crappy hands. Um, mm. you know, we live in a fairly uh, rich society so that we probably have more options available to us. But even so, I, I'm living hand to mouth. Yeah. And most Americans are living hand to mouth. Most American families. Um, in the last, certainly in the last um, decade or so, since the the, the last uh, great, um, uh, what do you call it? Oh, the uh, sorry, the words slipped out of my head. Anyway, since nineteen, uh, since two thousand and nine, when we had the the great um, recession, recession. Thank mm-hmm. you. That was the word. <laughs> um, up, up until now, when we've got the great reset, this world is not getting any better materially for people people are struggling yeah um it's 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 hard because you know certainly for your generation you know you have levels of student debt which are hanging around your necks like a millstone and trying to find work which is both meaningful and well paid in order to pay down that debt is incredibly hard yeah um and so even even with our um greater ability to more out of life it's still really hard to live on this present planet um, <laughs> yeah no matter I, what I, we're I in the system intolerable I, I, yeah I, I personally i just find it intolerable yeah. uh, because well, there is so much potential that is that is wasted you know we waste so much potential either either through our own efforts by not doing our own inner work um, and staying um dulled having our senses dulled and, and not waking up from the matrix or else by living in a world which is not optimized for our well-being. It's an artificial world. It's a life which is antithetical to the individual. It's, um, you know, we live in a conformist society which just continually exerts a force on us to comply with the system. And it goes against our true natures. And yeah. it's, devoid of com- it's devoid of compassion. Um, now, for people with love in their hearts, I, I suffer when I see other people suffering unnecessarily, you know. Um, and I, I, I actually viscerally feel disgusted when I see potential going to waste. And, and simultaneously, I feel such joy when I see people achieving their potential, achieving the fullness of their beings. You know, this, um, it used to be one of my favorite shows on TV was The Voice. Um, and, uh, you know, just ordinary people who had cultivated their seeing voices to such an extent that they managed to get on the show were actually given as much opportunity to realize their potential, their singing potential, as they could. You know, they were given the best coaching, the best backing um, musicians. Um, you know, they had so much help to get them to experience the fullness of their beings. It brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
that's what that's what lifts my soul and that's why i wrote this book is because i want to help conscious men reach the fullness of their being that's awesome man mm. that's what we're all here to do right <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's why we're here we're like there's no other purpose yeah. to be a human being than to grow we're all do the best of our ability everybody's situation is different but i think we can all agree that stagnation is not the way we have to some like we're here to evolve in whatever way possible we're all here to grow and uh yeah it's up to us it's it's just something right. you find inside it that's kind of what what it means for me at least to be here to just be in, incarnated in to this this bodily vessel it's to know that like this is this isn't it like there's there's more to this experience and it's an it's an everyday learning process but it's a what'd you say a proto uh what's the word you use for that it's, you used it way back there was oh, like proto truth a, oh no there was proto truth i like that one what, what does it mean to proto be learning to be learning every day like, to be yeah. somebody that wants to uh, like as a yearning for knowledge oh philomath a philomath. Yeah, that's a really cool term. <laughs> a I like word. that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I've never heard that before we were talking. And I I, I yeah. qualify myself and label myself as that a philomath. That's good. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, there's power in that being a renaissance so, man because um, there's so much to take in. You know? Right, right. Yeah. What were you about to say? Exactly. Yeah, so um yeah, two things are crossing my mind right now. I, I guess, I mean, I wrote a book. That, so the name of the book is uh, Modern Masculinity for the Conscious Man. So uh, I'm interested in masculinity and what that is and how we use that as a are you breaking up a little bit, Michael? Can you hear me now? Yep, you're good. You just uh, the words weren't. I think your the connection seems to be like a little slow, but yeah, I think, yeah, you seem to be fine now. Yeah, we got a bit of a lag. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. So the the, the core. The core thing about masculinity is it's a penetrative energy. Mm, okay. It penetrates. It's outwardly directed. Um, That's very and, uh, symbolistic uh, that, of sex. Yeah, it's all about it. It's it's how we. It's both physical and energetic. So we penetrate with our lingams, and we penetrate the world with um, our energy. It masculine energy. Um, modifies the world it alters mm. the world it develops the world it, it recasts the environment for good or bad uh, feminine receives surrenders flows with change nourishes and it can do so wisely or unwisely mm. nourishes yeah uh, you know some of the some of the things you that can so for instance uh, masculinity is often uh, uh, some of the traits might be, you know, self-disciplined or rigorous or directed, uh, responsible, 
strong, focused, um, uh, transformative, generous, um, you know, these very, uh, and mission-driven as well. So in, in, in spiritual terms, when you have that sort of energy, that masculine energy, trying to align itself with going with the flow, you can see there may be a problem. And um, yeah. going with the flow in terms of being a man um, can sometimes be an, an avoidance of being accountable to oneself, mm-hmm. to, one, to, to, to our unfolding as, as a man. Um, so, you know, in the masculine context, to be purposeful and directed and skillful and confident in our ability to direct the course of our lives you know, that doesn't fit with going with the flow sometimes. Yeah. Um, Would you say it's like a creative aspect? What about, you know, when going with the flow or masculinity? Masculinity. Would you say it embodies more of like the creative aspect of our world? No. I think, I think that's more the feminine aspect. The feminine aspect is much more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, the masculine energy essentially is the container and the feminine energy is uh, the fluid in the container. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good. I can see that. So um, the masculine energy is about penetrating the world with sacred intent, ideally, and, and shaping it for the collective higher good. And that's what separates it from going with the flow. It's actually intentional and active rather than passive and feminine which is what going with the flow is and all of these positive masculine attributes there's a danger of being rejected in favor of the feminine to you know like surrender to whatever life presents you to be passive and yielding Mm. and um you know it's it is a danger there because it could just be a way of it's just a more evolved way of coping because the world is not all good because yeah the world is not ordered or organized for your best interest the world hurts people by design and mm-hmm. a lot of people who are hurt by the world you know going with the flow basically says it declares that you know uh, no control is desirable um, and by claiming that no control is desirable it gives people a sense of being in control because they chose no control by their own free will. You know, it's kind of a trick the ego plays. Yeah. Uh, now, my, my contention is that you, you need to be masculine. Um, I mean, we, we all have masculine and feminine energy within us, both men and women, but clearly men are more masculine and women are more feminine. Uh, but we all have to be in alignment with our true nature. Some men have a strong feminine and no matter what an organism you just have to be in balance with it Mm -hmm. Um, so you know there's a difference between sitting in your own boat and sitting in someone else's boat and your Mm -hmm. true nature is your boat it's what's Mm -hmm. encoded in your being this is why you were born as you and going with the flow of your own internal instructions your own divine plan that's different than being tossed around by the waves of life haphazardly. Yes. You can steer um, the boat. You know, when be the captain of the right. ship. Well, actually, 
in a sense, uh, there's nuance there as well because, you know, when life presents you with an experience, it's either in flow with your true nature or it's not in flow. And you need... So you don't need to be in flow with life. Life, that's a profound spiritual flip on the head there. Um, so uh, let me give you an example. If, let's say you need a job and, um, you know, miraculously someone offers up. So it looks to the universe like, uh, it looks to you like the universe is presenting you with um, an opportunity and is responding to your need for him and take the job. Now, the wise man would ask himself, is this job in alignment with my true nature? You know, what if I, what if you hate um, of fear of failure, and maybe there's a life lesson in confronting that fear, but, you know, what if you truly do not resonate with selling? It's yeah. just not you. You know, should you still go with the flow, you know, then if you go with the flow, you're essentially rejecting yourself out of a misplaced commitment to some sort of spiritual truth. You know, what, what, if, what if the universe is actually presenting you with an opportunity to come into greater alignment with yourself by rejecting rather than, rather than accepting, mm. by rejecting that offer of a job as a salesman? Because then you say, ah, thank you, universe. Um, I, I see how out of alignment that job is with my true nature. Thank you for helping me reject that job. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, you are very, uh, very learned man. You, you definitely understand the the true flow. You make a lot of sense with what you say. Yeah, we all have to find the flow. Yeah, just be who you were meant to be. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Don't exactly. take this life for yeah. granted. <laughs> you know, know that, uh, you know, we. you have to, that's what we're all here. We're all here to find ourselves, find that true flow and steer the boat down the river of life, man. That's what we're all here to do. Is that yeah. what, you know, it's putting, summing it up. Yeah. Is that being a conscious male is like taking your life and knowing, you know, regaining that aspect of masculinity, of structuring your life on how you want it to be, consciously structuring it. I'm not getting any audio Absolutely. on my end, Michael. Uh, I think we're, we're dealing with a little bit of lag. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, I think it's just, sorry, it's really delayed. I just have to be mindful of that. I don't know why yeah, it just I started a, happening for I some reason. I got a reason. bad connection. Okay. Um, yeah, so a conscious man essentially employs his masculinity in service of the divine within him. And that's powerful and intentional and purposeful. And it's not about going with the flow. That That's the feminine energy. So is that divine uh, femininity? So what's all right? So, so what's divine femininity versus divine yeah, masculinity? Talk, right. Well, let let's think about some of the traits that um, the divine feminine 
embraces. So that would be stuff like surrendering. And again, men can have these traits as well, but it was like surrendering or receptivity, passivity, opening, allowing, accepting, healing, love, nurturing, compassion, softness, flow, uh, submission, fertility, harmony. Yeah. All of those things, you get you get the sense. You, can you feel that feminine energy that that comes through the words when I talk about? It? <laughs> yeah, even just the vibration um, of the words, the yeah, ideas that's that you're speaking. From yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, masculine energy—that's action, direction, purpose, intention, mission, rigorousness, structuredness, groundedness, preciseness. Very, very different energy there. Yeah. Now. Um, neither, neither masculine energy or feminine energy is superior to the other. They're the yin and the yang. They have to exist in balance with each other. Um, so, but, but we, we, but at the same time, um, I think, uh, a lot of, uh, well, like I said before, I think a lot of the spiritual community places greater emphasis on feminine energy, which can be a disservice to, to modern men. We need yeah. to be in alignment, not with spiritual understanding, but with their own nature. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, there's a weird. Um... And anyway, you were asking about. Sorry, <laughs> we got the delay going on here. I was going to say there is a. Yeah, we got a big, we got a big, big lag. Yeah, so I, I was going to say there is a weird. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess stereotype on a man being spiritual. You know, uh, you know, it, it could you could be seen as soft, or uh, you know, just like you said, just a little bit too feminine. But I think, you know, the the idea of the conscious male is is very important because a spiritual man is not like a soft man. He's not just he's not just like this. Oh, uh, you know, like, it, it, a lot of people see it as gay. You know, uh, like what are you just like a like a pussy man? Like no, bro, it's not like. It's not about that. It's like you can still be a man and recognize that you're uh, a divine being. You know, right. I don't think there is, but I know what you mean. Like yeah, we fall a little bit too too much to the to the feminine side of what it means to be spiritual. But when I, I think, yeah, bringing to light the other side, the other aspect that is present in men and in women, the the divine masculine is something that a process that I think. Uh, we need to explore collectively. So yeah, your work is very important, man. You brought a lot of great topics to light in what we've talked about today. I think this is a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah, it's because it's important. Yeah, you me know? too. It's recognizing the, the yeah. whole the the whole spectrum of what it means right. to be a you know looking into ourselves at a deeper level. It's more than just exploring the uh, you know the woo woo <laughs> that goes on. I, I'm, I didn't get did you say anything i, no, I we no, have a really so. extreme lag going on right now yeah yeah we may have to cut this short i think so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um i can yeah <laughs> you know maybe i should just carry on talking and, and hopefully there won't be a lag so 
let me, let me just say a few things and, and uh, feel free to interrupt me, but because there's such a big lag, um, we can't really have like a backwards and forwards conversation that much, I don't think. You can go ahead. You can speak. <laughs> okay, thanks. So, um, <clears throat> so we've been talking a lot about the inward journey, and I just wanted to, you know, perhaps finish up by um, talking about the forces that are in the world that are trying to treat human beings. Um, you know, there, there are forces in the world which want to control you, and they don't want you to become more conscious, to see things with greater clarity, to see reality as it really is, uh, and, you know, actually potentially do something not in their best interests. Um, the, the natural order of human beings is, I believe, to evolve their consciousness and to become more and more conscious. Uh, more wise, more intelligent, more loving, more knowing, um, you know, building the fullness of their being as a compassionate, a loving species. And it, But the thing is, in doing that, they have to meet the control systems that are set up to fight back against them, sometimes subtly and sometimes forcefully. Um, in the book, I talk about some of those control systems. You know, what one is, for instance, uh, the mass media. Let's let's take that one. Um, and there are other mecha mechanisms which the ruling class uses to transfer their narratives into our heads, into our minds, into our hearts, and it gives us um, that sort of cultural paradigm. You know, that sort of matrix paradigm, which is accepted by mass man, uh, and it that that. That sort of person believes that. It gives him a blueprint which he believes is his own creation. Um, but they're not. Those are program that's programming that he's received um, through the mass media, for instance. Uh, you know, children receive a lot, a lot of their distorted social societal programming through the devices that they have, through their computers and phones and, and games. And it troubles me, you know, as you know, I, I really love kids. I did a lot of work with kids and, um, you know, the fact that their fresh minds are being targeted uh, and, are, and and minds and spirits becoming targeted and progressively corrupted um, troubles me, you know, as they move through this school system and they, they go on to university and they find themselves presented with a set of very, very narrowly focused ideas in their textbooks, which never challenge anything outside of the, the normal scope of reference that the powers that be want us to um, view. You know, they don't want us to be conscious, so they, they give us a very, very narrative range. And essentially is to train people for obedience, train them for conformity, and make them controllable and indoctrinated, just, you know, just like the Matrix. Um, and the hope is that they they fail to develop the necessary critical thinking skills. Um, only develop as much intelligence as is required to do their roles within the society. 
because free-thinking individuals don't fit their agenda. It doesn't fit the agenda of a control system which is meant to repress the full realization of their humanity. And, um, you know, the, the paradigm that we live under depends on all of us not thinking too hard about those control mechanisms. And mm. all that's needed is just functional, obedient students or workers with only as much intelligence as required to perform their tasks, you know, bricks yeah. in a wall. They mm. don't want an optimized humanity. So the, the conscious man, it, I think, is his task in life not just to regard himself and how um, how he is constructed, but also how the world is constructed as well, and to go on and construct a better world, which also a better world, which then in turn serves his own evolution. So mm. it's not just a personal journey. It's not just about becoming more conscious because we're all affected by our environment. We're all affected by the world we live in, and it, it can hold us down. So part of that journey has to be to create a better world. And that, that's something I talk about in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. You reach liberation within. And then from there, we cultivate that liberation without. So we can get escape the slave planet in Matrix that has been built up for us, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Amen um, to that. <laughs> amen. Well, hey, we'll do it one step at a time. It's just going to take a little bit, but it's, it's a process that we're all on that we're all creating or that we all have the potential to create and align ourselves with. We just have to just got to find it first, man. It's different for everybody, but we all, we're all capable of it. I think so. I believe every human being, no matter what hand we've been dealt in the game of life, we're all capable of playing our cards, right? It's just gotta, yeah, it's gotta find it, man. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I thank you for coming on here. I think, uh, we had a really great conversation um the, the lag was a little unfortunate but it's okay we got through it i think everybody would be able to comprehend what we were saying uh i think Sweet. you should start your own podcast you have a really calming voice like i forgot sometimes that i was actually on camera and was on the mic i kind of just wanted to listen to you talk because you have a very uh you have a very exquisite <laughs> way of putting things so if you created something i'd probably listen to it. i think other people would too but yeah man uh if you want to i think it's just my I think it's just my head cold, which is making my voice sound sexy. I'm not this sexy. <laughs> so yeah, just get a mic and just go go on the mic like this. It puts some put some, put some plugs in your nose, and you have that calming presence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, you have anything you want to plug before we wrap this thing up, or anything you want to say to the world. Uh, obviously. Um, I'd like people to buy my book. Hmm. And most of the time, men. Um, um, they don't realize what the pitfalls and the obstacles and the pressures that are out there, which can derail them and you know, derail them in a, in a really, really profound and life, um, life changing way. You know, if you want, that sort of experience if you want life if, if you basically want to be surprised by life then don't read this book <laughs> if you want to leave uh, to lead an optimized life then read the book <laughs> and, and both of those paths are equally fine you know it's it's great to just be surprised by life um if that's the sort of life you want to lead but if you want to create the biggest impact 
both for yourself and for people and planet, then I'd read the book. Um, <laughs> it's called Modern Masculinity for the Conscious Man in Amazon. Uh, you know, I think uh, we, we need to be fully functional, fully integrated, fully realized individuals as a premise for coexistence. And that's what I talk about in the book. Awesome. Wow, that's uh, that was a great pitch. <laughs> I'll link everything down below uh, for if anybody's interested. Uh, but yeah, man, this is a great convo. Like I said, I think we touched upon um, some topics that I've never even brought to light. And I like what was the word again? I'm gonna that was a that we used in the beginning. I like it a lot. Oh, phylomath. A phylomath. It just even just sounds like a phylomath. It sounds like a different creature. It's like they're the phylomath. They are the learners. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, but yeah, man, nice. I, uh, like I said, appreciate it. I'm grateful for you coming on and I wish you the best in the future. But it, yeah. Thanks, I guess, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. And thanks to uh, anybody that I listened. really appreciate it. Thank you very much for allowing me to talk to your listeners. Yeah, of course. Of Take course, care. man. Take care. Have a good day.